We know that you need more hockey news and Locked On NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the National Hockey League. Subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories and game recaps each and every day. Subscribe to Locked On NHL today, wherever you get podcasts. We haven't played a game yet, but the word is already out that we've got some you know, crazy passionate fans and uh, we can't wait to start playing hockey in front of them. You are Locked On Kraken. Your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. Hey, hey, what do you say, Seattle Kraken fans? It is draft week. We have the expansion draft in two days. And then this weekend, we get the entry draft. Oh, my goodness. Over the weekend, we got the protected lists. And I'm not going to go team by team, but we will have a few squad casts, three of them actually, to get us ready for the expansion draft. I'll do a little bit more of a summary on Wednesday. Um, so you'll hear a little bit more of that as we near the expansion draft. As a reminder, I mentioned this on Friday's episode. I will be in Seattle. I am credentialed for the events happening for the expansion draft. So let's get cracking. We have so much exciting news. Um, oh my goodness, the trades, uh, the, the draft information that's starting to leak as far as potential deals. It's all happening. It's all happening. And soon we will also have an NHL schedule. So on today's show, I speak to Locked On Blue Jackets host Jay Foster. And he and I, for those who joined, were on Green Room last week. And then I joined his green room over the weekend. So we've been talking a lot, Jay and I. We're basically BFFs. Um, it's been established. Deal with it. <laughs> um, but um, we're really excited to talk about the Blue Jackets and a few other things. Jay and I are, are both very passionate about talking about equity, inclusion, diversity, in our hockey coverage. So you'll hear a little bit of that as well. So on today's episode, you'll hear my conversation with Locked on Blue Jackets host, Jay Foster. Hope you enjoy. And I'll catch you at the end, near the end of the episode, just to give you a rundown of what to expect this week on Locked on Kraken. Uh, so most of you know, there is uh... Pretty big news happening in the in the NHL next week. Obviously, the Seattle Kraken are having their expansion draft. Uh, but more exciting for us, uh, the Lockdown Podcast Network launched a new show just a couple of weeks ago with the addition of a new team. We've got Lockdown Seattle Kraken. I've been super excited about this team. I'm super excited about this podcast. Uh, and so I thought we would bring in uh, the, the host herself. So I've got uh, Eric Ayala. On the show today, we're going to be chatting uh, expansion draft, the Blue Jackets protected list, who I think uh, the Seattle Kraken will take, who I think they should take, because those are two very different answers. Um, but I guess just to just to kind of start off, uh, Erica, could you tell us a little bit about you and kind of how you ended up hosting this show? 
Sure thing. Well, first of all, Jay, thank you so much for having me. I know we've been in some Spotify green rooms together and certainly interacting on social media. So it's it's fun to be here. And we can finally talk about the expansion draft with uh, with the expansion list. So we'll get into all that. But as for me, I was brought on board. We started Locked on Kraken on July 1st, so we're a little over two weeks in now, but I, I come from the Locked on Podcast Network. I am a host of Locked on Women's Basketball, which much like the Locked on NHL show covers all of women's basketball. So we're obviously focused on WNBA, but it's an Olympic year. We cover college and uh, everything in between, really. And as far as my experience in the hockey space, I've been a reporter for women's hockey for going on seven seasons now. It follows the National Women's Hockey League. So that's where I got my start. I've also done some broadcasting for a handful of teams, the Connecticut Whale, the Boston Pride, and the Riveters as a rinkside reporter. So I have some broadcast background. But I also, and this is where my experience with Locked On and then with the Seattle Kraken kind of came to be, I'm a freelance writer and I did some freelancing for it. Um, NHL Seattle. So before there was a name, before we released the Kraken, <laughs> I was able to work with the franchise to do some writing. And that's when I really got interested in being able to provide some unique coverage. And at that time, the Locked On Network was getting ready to start making plans. And not just for the Kraken, but for a few other shows. And so I was like, well, hey, don't know much about these teams, but I do know a little bit about Seattle. So how about that? And over the few months, talk to people like Sean. And here I am. Yeah, I, I remember because it was before it was officially announced that I ended up, I saw your name on a, an email thread for Lockdown NHL. And I was just super excited because I've kind of been following the NWHL, obviously I knew you were locked on women's basketball and like, I was like, oh, this is so cool. Erica's going to be joining the squad. Super excited for that. And now, you know, it's all been announced. Seattle's been live for a couple of weeks now. And yeah, super excited to kind of see where, where the show goes. Yeah, you and me both. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I guess the, the first thing is, um, how do you feel about the... Uh, expansion draft as it as it is obviously the protected lists all came out today are there any surprises or have you got any people uh, on the list that you're immediately like oh i would like that guy and that guy or anyone that you immediately are like oh no we don't want anything to do with him right yeah so i think honestly even before the official lists were made public which at the time of this recording was earlier this morning i think some of the trades the last minute trades really shook up the nhl and so now you've got some players that you know have been dealt elsewhere some of the deals quite honestly as far as you know value or if there was even an actual trade this for that have been really interesting to see from the seattle perspective um you know because we obviously don't have any players and so there's no attachments there's no history to the franchise and i don't know that's been a little bit interesting i think um carrie price though is definitely one that came a little later um 
in in the news cycle, if you will. That was a little bit surprising, that goaltender, obviously, from Montreal. So I don't know. It was someone else I had on the show. It was Marissa and Jemmy, actually, who said that, you know, she thinks the Seattle Kraken could be a broker of goalies, so to speak. So maybe we don't necessarily keep the goalies that we select or we kind of instigate, so to speak, trades. And I think we've already seen a little bit of that. Yeah, for sure. I was just thinking about that earlier, actually. There are a ton of goalie free agents kind of floating around the league at the minute. And I was like, it would be like it would be chaos, but it would be a lot of fun if Seattle just decided we're going to take like six goalies and then (laughs) see what the other teams will give us for them. Exactly. Yep, exactly. So it was interesting to hear Marissa and Jemmy say that, who actually has just um, accepted a role officially as uh, the Kraken reporter for the Seattle Times. So uh, she's already off to a good start as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Yeah, big, big fan of big fan of Marissa. I'm very, really excited to see her uh, finally getting paid to to cover the Kraken officially. It's it's exciting. Yes. Um, so yeah, well, I mean, I want to ask you the same question. I obviously have been listening to the show and you asked, and I, I, I kind of, you know, tilted away from it just a little bit because I, I was listening to your podcast and you, as I was listening, I think I was walking down the street from like grocery shopping or something. And you mentioned a name that even as someone who is relatively new to covering the NHL regularly and consistency, a name that really kind of. I had a strong reaction to, shall we say, and that's one Max Domi. <laughs> yes. Um, I genuinely, I I was kind of, so I recorded on Friday and I was like, listen, this is what I would do personally, but in no way do I expect the Blue Jackets to do this because it doesn't seem like a very kind of Blue Jacket move. Um, they ended up exposing Max Domi to the draft. Um, I'm kind of in two minds about whether Seattle actually takes him like on paper it seems like a pretty good choice um you know he's a a still pretty young he's a ufa after next season so they can flip him if they want um he's a pretty kind of highly rated player in some circles which is surprising as a person who watched him all of last season um and didn't really see um much of anything that that I enjoyed about about Max Domi's game. There were there were some good parts, but for for the most part, I can't like. I'm I'm pretty happy that we've exposed him at the expense of keeping uh, one of our younger players. That is uh, maybe not have a higher ceiling as Domi, but I've really liked um, what Eric Robinson has brought to the team. Um, I always call him like Josh Anderson light, um, and he's he's a big guy, super fast. When his hands catch up to his feet, I think he's going to be really, uh, really good potential twenty goal scorer in this league. Um, so, but in terms of in terms of Max Domi, yeah, I I kind of said that off like just off off the cuff, like yeah, I would I would expose Max Domi, um, f that guy, and then um, maybe like twelve hours later, I started hearing rumblings of oh maybe. Maybe Columbus is leaning is leaning that way, and then you know, as as it happens, we found out kind of late ish Saturday night that they are in fact uh, exposing Max Domi, which is a big, a yeah, it's it's a pretty big, pretty big surprise. I think um, I didn't think that this was something that the Blue Jackets were were gonna do. Um, it's uh, it's a strange one, and uh, yeah, again, I'm in two minds about whether or not 
Seattle's going to take him. Um, so like for Kraken people who maybe haven't seen as much of Max Domi as, as Blue Jackets fans, um, he had shoulder surgery not too long ago. So he's going to be missing probably the first three months of the season. Uh, recovering from that, um, again, he's a UFA next season. He's currently making $5.3 million, um, which is a big contract for a guy like that. Um, so on one hand, it feels like they're exposing him and hoping that Seattle don't take him because of all those things. And then essentially that gives them a free uh, expansion spot or an ex- a free slot to protect another player. Um, or Seattle could call Columbus's bluff and, and take and take Domi to be their, um, their number one center. As I make my maiden voyage for this season to Seattle, I am going to be sure to pack built bars in my bag. It's probably going to be hot. We're going to be outdoors and I'm going to be running around trying to find new Seattle Kraken rostered players to talk to. So did you know that there are, so many delicious flavors of Built Bar. My personal favorite is the double chocolate. I think I'm going with double chocolate. There's been a few specialty flavors that I really like. The churro was intense, but really good. And um, if you don't know what your favorite flavor is, how do you decide between cherry barcia and raspberry or mint brownie and cookies and cream? Well, you can get a mix box and you get two of each of the nine flavors available. And each of the bars is covered in chocolate, anywhere from 17 to 18 grams, packed full of protein, ranging from 130 to 180 calories, only four to five grams of sugar and four to five grams of net carbs. So I also want you to know, in addition to all of the sprinting that I will be doing across the Seattle area, Built Bar is also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. How cool is that? So if you want to be like me and the U.S. track and field team, head over to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Speaking just from the hockey's perspective for a minute, you know, Max Domi was drafted in the first round 12th overall by Phoenix 2013. And as you mentioned, it does play center. In some of my conversations, those listening from Locked on Kraken will know this. You know, I've had conversations with people who are um, looking at whether it's the expansion draft, but certainly the entry draft. And uh, for those who know, I've been pretty heavy on Matty Beneers because he is scouted to be a player that will remain at the center position as opposed to being pushed out to the wing at the NHL level. And that's something that Ron Francis has talked about securing the middle. So that's your goaltenders, your defenders, and of course your centermen. So on the one hand, yes, you know, top line center, Max Domi obviously has, uh, you know, almost 200, uh, or excuse me, has almost 300 points in his NHL career. He's at 275 last season, uh, 24 points, nine goals, 15 assists. But, you know, um, do you think that he still has the, the the caliber, though, really to, in this expansion, be a player that is going to be that good mix? We talked about this on Green Room. A good mix of 
someone who has NHL experience, who can play the center role, and also has that leadership capability to bring up what is likely to be a very young Seattle Kraken team. Yeah, it's Backstrom's a bit of a he's a bit of an odd one. He kind of falls in the in that weird gray area of still kind of young, but also has been around in the league long enough that I think people will consider him a leader. Um, and yeah, just looking at his on ice stuff, it's it's frustrating because when we we made the trade at the start of last season, initially I was kind of a bit wary, um, but I do think that he still has that capability of being. You know, he was a seventy point player three seasons ago um and i think it was probably a combination of getting moved up and down the lineup by tortorella um i don't know when his shoulder got injured but it wouldn't be surprise me if he was playing injured for at least part of the season um and also just like not fitting in to to the systems that john tortorella wanted him to to play it's the same kind of problems we had with patrick liney mm-hmm. the, the high offense players don't typically do very well in columbus's system because we're a, a big uh, defensive team. We don't score a lot of goals, um, which, I mean, I could talk for a long time about my issues with that <laughs> specifically, but um, it would not surprise me at all if Max Domi walked into Seattle and scored, like, 70 points or, like, the equivalent of 70 points for however many games he actually plays um, once his once his shoulders healed. So yeah, he feels like a player that um, would go ahead to succeed on the Kraken. Um, I don't think it's going to be the same as um, the William Carlson situation, which again, if, if people aren't familiar, we uh, gave them William Carlson, we gave uh, the Vegas Golden Knights William Carlson, who I think had something like nine career goals with us in the three or four seasons that he played with us. Uh, and then he went, he went on to score 43 goals in that, original season with um with vegas so it wouldn't surprise me at all if it was a similar story with max domi um because i think we talked about this on the on the locker room or the sorry the green room a little bit is that spite is a really powerful motivator and when you get a group of guys together like what happened in vegas which is guys that were um not abandoned by their teams but they were basically told you know we don't value enough to want to protect you they kind of all banded together and were like, well, we'll show every other team in the league why they should have kept us. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if Max Domi turned into one of those players and just victimized, um, A, the Columbus Blue Jackets when we play them and B, a very weak uh, Pacific division. Yes, and that's another thing that has certainly been making rounds. There's already some predictions given who the unprotected players are, where the Seattle Kraken will fall when it comes to uh, the division, but we can talk about that on another podcast. But I do, Jay, want to ask you about potential off the ice. I've talked a lot uh, on this podcast. I've talked about it when you and I were in the green room together, that culture seems to be massive for the Seattle Kraken franchise i'm assuming that will also translate to the ice and we even talked about that that might be a little difficult just given where hockey is kind of when it comes to equity diversity inclusion anti-racism work but again the reason that the name max domi stood out to me is because off of the ice and within that context of really trying to make hockey a little bit different and seattle leading the way in a lot of places i think some people may question if max domi is a good ambassador for what the Seattle Kraken has been talking about when it comes to that side 
of hockey. Yeah, he, so I don't want to get like super bogged down in the details and everything, but yeah, he has um, made some questionable statements about uh, immigrants in Canada and America. Um, I know his dad, Taidomi, was a big Trump fan. Um, I assume that, you know, like father, like son, I don't want to, you know, go ahead and call him an aggressive Republican or anything, but that's very much the vibe I get from Max Domi. And it would feel, yeah, I think with all of the work that the Kraken have been doing in terms of, you know, hockey is for everyone, which is a statement that I have all kinds of issues with. But if this, you know, this, this culture that they're trying to create of diversity inclusion making a um making a difference making the kind of hockey culture that you know people should want their their sons to be involved in i think yeah max domi doesn't fit with um what the kraken are trying to do off ice i don't think um which i think is is another reason that i would be surprised um if they if they took him i think that would be a real not a kick in the teeth, but it would feel a little bit like, oh, okay, so you you are talking, you're talking the talk, but you aren't quite walking the walk yet with right. your your picks. Right, right, and you know we'll see. Uh, it is worth noting that Max Domi was among some of the players that, especially in the last year, have talked about you know being a part of the change and you know he used hashtag until we all win in a video that he posted uh, you know in may of last year this is coming off of the heels of the murder of george floyd um it's it's one of those things and we might have even alluded to it uh, at uh, on the spotify green room session and certainly on the podcast before it's it's going to take some time to get to where i personally would like hockey to be and I talked a lot about that you know there's there's a difference between people who are a part of communities that are targeted and are marginalized asking for change and a, a certain pace of change while they have to deal with that injustice and some right sometimes downright racism homophobia you know etc versus people who essentially are new to the space and even though the NHL is over 100 years old we're what not even five years into actually celebrating Black History Month and a lot of other things. So, you know, the pace that I personally would want for myself in, in any capacity versus what a place like the NHL is capable of, those are going to be two different things. Now, do I agree that they should? Most days, no. But there is some understanding that myself as an individual, as a person, as a human being, I'm in a different, I'm in a different lane. I am, um, I've been talking about this since I can remember and the NHL really hasn't, <laughs> I mean, if we're being honest. So, yeah. uh, you and know, I do want to, I do want to say, you know, in, in, in vague defense of, of Max Domi that like when he was acquired by the Blue Jackets, I did go through his like Twitter likes and things like that. And, you know, I've been, I've been burnt like that before, um, in terms of, of players, um, but for, for, for the most part, it seems like he's really kind of quote unquote, like cleaned up his act, especially around social media, whether that means he's changed as a person or whether it means that, you know, Montreal kind of got him to shut all that down when he was traded there is, is another matter. But, you know, it, it, for, for the most part, it seems like he has kind of grown as a person from 
those comments that he made, which were, I think, several years ago. I've been talking, as you will hear, a little bit about, jokingly, about the odds. Seattle Kraken still doesn't have great odds to win the next Stanley Cup, but uh, let's see how much that changes come the end of this week. But if you do want to know and maybe place your bets already for the 2022 Stanley Cup, have, head over to Built Bar. Head over to betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their run to the playoffs. Even if the season hasn't started yet. <laughs> Head to the website or you can use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Outside of Max Domi, are there any other players um, that you are either surprised to see from a, from a Blue Jackets perspective or even that you think might be a good fit? I know a lot of the mock drafts that I have seen had projected Eric Robinson, but as you alluded to already, or as you mentioned already, excuse me, he's he's protected. So that's out. That's, uh, you know, that's a non uh, that's we're not going there. But other than Max, are there any other players um, that you're surprised to see available? And then if you put on your other hat, just uh, pulling out from, you know, the and looking from the NHL perspective that you think maybe Seattle would be interested in taking. Yeah, I kind of resigned myself to to losing Eric Robinson because he just kind of seemed like the best, the best choice. Um, you know, like I said before, he's young. He's still kind of developing. Um, I think this is only his second full season with the with the team. Um, but yeah, he's he's a good kid. I think he had eighteen points last season, which for a guy that played maybe eight minutes a night is pretty good. Um, he's a bottom six forward at the minute, but I would be uh, I would be surprised if he doesn't move up, especially in a, a young, semi depleted Columbus Columbus roster. But obviously, you know he's a he's a not starter now. Um, so that really kind of narrows it down to two other guys. One of whom is Kevin Stenland, um, who is uh, a young Swedish center. Again, he just had his first full season in the NHL. He was one of our uh, Cleveland Monster call ups that yeah. kind of took advantage of the fact that we were missing guys um, with the surprise retirement of uh, Miko Koivu at the start of the season. Uh, Stenland kind of really stepped up and played in that bottom six, and I thought he did really well. Um, so he's he's definitely a, a pick for for Seattle. And then the other, the other name, which is having looked at who we're protecting and who we're exposing, uh, my pick, if I was Seattle, would be a guy called Dean Kukan, um, who is a Swiss defender? He's a uh, he plays right D, and uh, he's he's a little bit older. He's twenty eight, but I always describe him as kind of he's very kind of Zakwarensky like. He's not as good as as Zakwarensky, um, but he has that similar kind of rover attitude. Um, he played very well with Seth Jones a couple of seasons ago when Warensky was out, um, which I think really kind of uplifted Seth Jones's game because he had a semi familiar defensive partner. Um, and in a, in a game like the NHL now, where I feel like the emphasis is on these dynamic defensemen that can move the puck, that can skate, that don't just kind of hang around in their own zone. Dean Kukan, I think is, um, 
is a guy that I'm going to be is a guy that I'm going to be sad to lose, especially considering we don't have all that many defensemen that we can that we can spare at the minute. Um, so that's yeah, that's who I'd pick. Um, but I also don't especially want Seattle to take him because we need him. <laughs> Fair enough, and that's that's the hard part for everyone else, at least um, <laughs> as far as you know what makes sense. Just being an analyst and and what you kind of want, being a little bit more of a fan and familiar with with the team. But I like I like the defender, uh, you know, Kukan. I I like that idea, you know, of um, a defender that can kind of get up in in the offense. And I think you're absolutely right. You're definitely seeing. A need for that and that's kind of how the game is evolving I think it's always tough for defenders just across the sport to really get the respect right that they deserve because if you're a really good defender no one's talking about you you know yeah the only times you get mentioned is like when you've done something wrong you know exactly. if you're doing your job then nothing is happening really um yeah. especially especially in your own zone um, and the other the other thing about Kukan as well is he's kind of been stuck in the lineup in the same way that um, so last season our third defense pairing was Ryan Murray and uh, Marcus Nudevara. Now Ryan Murray is a former second overall pick um, who unfortunately been pl- kind of plagued by injuries through his career, but we were really deep on defense, and so it just so happened that we had probably two guys that could play in the second pairing, if not the first pairing, were kind of on our third pairing. Um, and with the the way the, the Blue Jackets were kind of structured this season, Kukan didn't get a ton of playing time because he was stuck behind. Obviously, Jones and Wierenski are one and two. Um, you know, then no one's taking that spot from them until, you know, obviously we trade we trade Seth Jones in the next week or so. And then we had Vladislav Gavrikov and David Savard as our kind of shut down number two pairing. And so there was really no way for Dean Kukan to kind of edge his way into, into the lineup. He played... Up and down the lineup, we had, you know, we struggled with injury. Obviously, then we traded Savard at the trade deadline. So we kind of played his way up and down the lineup. But he is a guy that I feel like is really poised to be that second pairing defenseman on a team like Seattle. Um, mm-hmm. Which is, again, like the, the the reason I think that William Carlson kind of succeeded in part is because he went from being a fourth line center to essentially being Vegas's number one center. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if Dean Kukan kind of does that, jumps up the lineup and suddenly has like a monster season if if the Seattle Kraken take him. Because um, that's kind of what it's about, I think, with the with the expansion draft is, you know, you can look at your Tarasenko's, your Landeskog's, your Carey Price's as people that you want to pick up. But for me, the important ones are the depth players. You want to get the guys that are playing below their level because the team is deep. You know, so I'm excited to see who they take from Tampa, for example. You know, there are three or four really good players on Tampa that were depth players because it's so deep that could just get catapulted into the, the first line on, on Seattle. Um, and I think Kukan is is definitely not, I don't think he's a one or two defenseman, but he could definitely play in that third or fourth spot on the on the second line. I like what you're talking about there as far as depth and, you know, uh, I, I love to make a pop culture reference on every one of my shows. So you, you're looking for players that are not going to throw away their shot. So, uh, you know, 
I think it's great. I think it's fantastic. And it's definitely something, Jay, that we will be watching. But, um, okay, tell me a little bit, because I know what my coverage is going to look like. It's a lot of crossovers, or as I like to call them, squadcasts. But uh, as as we get ready, you know, we're days away from the time that this episode will drop on Locked on Kraken. Um, we're days away, you know, within 48 hours, likely, of the expansion draft. So what will the coverage of the expansion draft look like from your end? And, uh, you know, even beyond that, uh, because in a few days after that, we have the entry draft. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a busy, busy week in the NHL next week, which is nice. Cause it's kind of been a little bit, Oh, what do I talk about? There's not a ton of content happening at the minute because it's that weird dead spot between the season finishing and then everything else happening. So it's, it's going to be nice to have a, a busy week for a change. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be uh, sitting down with a friend of the show, Sarah Avampato, host of Locked on Kings, and uh, Jason Hernandez, Locked, uh, host of Locked on Ducks. We are going to be putting together our own choices for the Seattle expansion draft, which I'm very excited about. I drafted my team earlier, and I don't want to brag, but I think it's pretty great. Um, <laughs> so we'll be we'll be talking about that this week. Uh, I'll probably do some deeper looks into uh, Max Domi. Uh, Kevin Stenland, uh, Dean Kukan, and then maybe a couple of of stealth stealth picks like Gabriel Carlson, who has kind of uh, gone under the under the radar as a as a potential pick for for the Blue Jackets. But he again is a is a pretty capable young defenseman. I think could probably play higher in the lineup in Seattle. Uh, so we'll be we'll be looking at those, and then by that time, I think it'll probably be time for the draft reactions to the the expansion draft getting ready for the entry draft, making my uh, final pick. Uh, we did a, a mock draft for the lottery squad a few weeks ago. We've done a full first round pick. So I picked 5th, 25th, and 32nd overall. So we'll be talking about that. We'll be looking at some depth players in the in the first round and seeing if maybe we can't steal a couple of, of surprises in those later rounds uh, because I don't know how much you know about Yama Krakalainen, but he loves to go off the board in the late first round. So I'm excited for um, scrambling to research whoever he picks because they weren't <laughs> even on my radar, which is what happened last season. <laughs> oh, fun, fun. Always fun when that happens. But but truly, you get to learn some new talent and that just is a kudos to, especially if it works, I guess I should say, a kudos to the scouting teams there. But Jay, sounds like you have just as much, if not more, going on than, than we do over here at Locked on Kraken. I'm really excited, though, for that mock draft because you were telling me, uh, I think we were off air, though, that you've also implemented the salary cap in the selection. So you have to keep keep your team under the cap. So I'm, I'm really excited to see how that works uh, with JD and, and Sarah. I'll, we'll make sure to link that over at Locked on Kraken for sure. <laughs> yeah, we will. We will definitely tag you in that when it, when it goes up. Uh, we're recording that uh, tonight. So that'll be Sunday night we're recording. I'm not sure when it'll go live, but I'm, yeah, I'm very excited about, uh, about my team. It's, uh, it's, it's a good one. I think I don't want to, I don't want to, brag too much but a little I, bit uh, a little bit though <laughs> it uh, yeah it should be it should be fun i'm looking forward to it and sometime as we're getting all this great content out we have the expansion draft and then a word on the street is that we're gonna get the nhl schedule 
uh, on the 22nd. So in between the expansion draft and the entry draft, which means, of course, that we will find out what the National Hockey League is going to do regarding the Olympics. Before we let you go, Jay, um, we enjoy you being on this squad cast. But what are your thoughts as far as the NHL entering the Olympic Games or NHL players, excuse me, being quote-unquote allowed which that just makes me a little uncomfortable but anyway being allowed uh to participate in the olympic games and does coming off of a worldwide pandemic change maybe your thoughts generally about nhl players in the olympics yeah it's it's a tough one i kind of go back and forth like i actually really enjoyed uh the gosh the 2018 winter olympics where there were no nhl players obviously there was that great story with uh germany winning the silver medal you know i think it really evened the playing field and it wasn't just oh well it's going to be canada and america in the gold medal match like it is every year so i think it was really fun in that regard on the flip side i do love watching the best players in the world play internationally um, so as a, uh, an English person, as a, as a British person, obviously my, uh, my GB boys have been in the top squad for a couple of seasons now at world championships. Uh, we're not going to the Olympics, but I did love getting to watch them play against legitimate NHL players in the, uh, in the worlds that's just gone by. So I, on one hand, I think it, it's more fun if the, if the parity level is, is more even, but also it's. I don't know. It's just real fun to look at, like, especially a team like Canada or America and be like, well, this is 12 number one picks on on the same team, you know? So it's it's uh, it's and it's tough as well, especially with the um, the pandemic and what's coming out of Tokyo at the minute. And I would be I would be surprised if we if the NHL goes to the Olympics, I think, Um, even though I do think it should be, you know, individual players choice. Um, I know there was a lot of drama around Alex Ovechkin, uh, who I believe the owner of the Caps was like, yeah, I'm going to let him go to the Olympics. And then the NHL stepped in and were like, actually, well, we're going to fine you if you let Alex Ovechkin go to the Olympics. Um, but yeah, I think I think it really should be up to the, the players or even like individual teams. Um, and if that means that we have two weeks of the year where the NHL is of a slightly lower quality, then I'm sure, you know, we'll cope. Like I, um, I'm not gonna not watch the Blue Jackets because a couple of star players are missing, you know. And I like to think that most people will will feel the same way. But I will be very surprised if we if we end up at the Olympics. Yeah, basically, I I ditto everything that you just said. I would <laughs> add only that for a, a game, at least here in uh, North America, is always clamoring right to kind of be like oh pick my sport you would think that maybe some overlap um and saturation into a, quite literally the i would say the largest international market by design might be a good thing but you know what do i know i don't know yeah and i do i do, yeah to to kind of further that point i know the gary bettman has kind of been talking about he wants to get into china he wants the nhl to get into china um and pre-pandemic they did play uh handful of uh games out in china obviously they've done the they've sent nhl teams to europe to play there the blue jackets were supposed to be going to finland before the world shut down for the pandemic so i was disappointed about that because finland's like a two-hour flight from me um but 
I think it was the Kings and the Flames and the Canucks went out to China and played a bunch of exhibition games there. So yeah, Batman's big on big on China. So if like that might be the tipping point, um, is is the idea of all of that extra money coming from the NHL going into China might uh, might tip his hand. But it's uh, we'll we'll see. We'll find out on the twenty second, I guess. So we will. And there will be certainly a lot to talk about in the offseason once we figure out who's actually going to be on the Seattle Kraken roster and how much the Columbus Blue Jackets contributed to that. But Jay, thank you so much for inviting me to my first uh, squad cast with Locked On Blue Jackets, but I'm pretty sure it won't be the last. <laughs> no, and I, I have to say, I think I, I mentioned this on, on Green Room as well. Squadcast is the best. I'm going to start using that. I think it should yes. be a, a network-wide crossover term. It's very good. <laughs> well, thank you. I have to give a few stick taps over to the Ice Garden. Um, but Michelle, Jay, and Hannah Beavis had a, a podcast for the Ice Garden, and then Mike and I had a podcast. And so when we would cr- do a crossover, we called it a squad cast. So stick taps over. Always love to women's hockey, and especially to those three who helped me as a young hockey reporter. Young as in a hockey reporter, because, you know, I wasn't young myself. They call me auntie for a reason, Jay. (laughs) (laughs) But um, all right. Well, we both have, you know, some roster watching to do ahead of Wednesday. But again, make sure you are locked on Blue Jackets. Jay is your host over there. And of course, Locked on Kraken, where I am your host. And if you want to know everything that's happening around the league, we've already mentioned the names of people like Sarah, one of the hosts of Locked on NHL. Make sure you are following and subscribed to all three of those shows. But until tomorrow, um, this is Erica Lindsay Ayala signing out. Bye! Betting on National Hockey League action doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts.